0: super talk mississippi media production if you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in washington tune in to super talk jackson on wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m and sundays from 8 30 to 9 30 a.m for element wealth radio with jeremy nelson learn more at myElementWealth.com. you're listening to the rebel report podcast where it's all old mess all the time Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borkey. Glad that you guys are with me on this Wednesday. Uh, practice begins today. I've already seen some videos out of practice. They are practicing this morning, and seeing Jackson Dark complete passes to wide receivers with nobody covering them is still. Just a beautiful sight to see. Football is finally back. And Lane Kiffin will meet with the media later today. I will bring that conversation to you uh, tonight. So this today is just uh, last night's live chat. I promised you guys I'm going to put the live chats in this feed. So this is me fulfilling that promise, uh, the schedule. I'm taking a small, not vacation. I'm just going to see my dad. But um, taking a small vacation. And uh, so there won't be a live chat Thursday. There should be one Sunday. I think James and I will get back in town in time for us to do a live stream on Thursday night or on Sunday night. Excuse me. But those will be three days a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And those will all be uploaded here. So you don't have to worry about catching them because I'm going to uh, I'm gonna put them here for you that so so you can listen, of course. So you don't have to catch it live. Uh And then, of course, regular episodes as well. So it's not just going to be live chats moving forward. We're going to do regular podcasting, post-game recaps, stuff like that. But that is something that you can look forward to. And that started, the new schedule started last night. So that's what this episode is, just last night's live chat. I will talk about what I heard from Lane Kiffin today and stuff like that as well tonight. So you'll get two episodes today. And that should tide you over, hopefully tide you over, until Sunday. So, thank you guys again for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky. B-O-R-K-E-Y. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Follow me there. Also, subscribe to this podcast if you have not already. And uh, thank you for doing that and leaving reviews and, and all that stuff. Last month's numbers were really good. And I'm looking forward to having a really big fall uh, with you guys on this here podcast, which is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com, that's the website. If you're in the market for office technology and your business is located in Mississippi, anywhere in Mississippi, and you need tech in the office, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security and IT projects and anything in between, Advantage Business Systems, as you covered, ABSMS.com is the website. ABSMS.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. I actually had to deal with Priority One Bank earlier today. Could not have been easier because they are all about convenience. They're conveniently located and they have convenient online banking. It's a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to move your money. 16 locations in Mississippi. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. So here it is, live chat last night, Q&A with uh, folks on YouTube. So here that is right now for you, uh, the last night, uh, the the Tuesday night live chat. Enjoy that. I'll talk to you here uh, in a few hours from right now to tell you what I heard from Lane Kiffin and play some clips and stuff for you as well. But in the meantime, here's a live chat and I'll talk to you again in a few hours was the night before training camp it is so good to be with you and it is so good that football is back welcome in to the Tuesday edition of the live chat appreciate you guys hanging out and being a part just a reminder that the calendar has turned to August and uh, that means three days a week Tuesday Thursday and Sunday except for the very first week this is how committed I am to this apparently I am a bad scheduler I am a bad person. Not No, not really. Uh, but, no, I, I am supposed to be scheduled to be off uh, on Thursday and Friday. Hopefully that uh, everything checks out there. Uh, little guy and I are going to South Carolina, or we're supposed to, this weekend. And uh, if that holds, then no Thursday live stream because I will be with family. But Sunday we'll be back uh, right here. Should be back in plenty of time. We'll leave in the morning. It's an eight-hour drive. So should be back in plenty of time to do the Sunday live. And then and then that's it. And then we're all done. Then it's football season. And Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday for the rest of time. It doesn't look like I'm sweating. It's because I'm not. It is 74 degrees in here because that's what I have it set on. Um. This house runs cold. Like, it feels colder than it is when the air is on. So, yes, I'm not sweating anymore. I have a C. I had uh, incredible help from an incredible person named Craig Howard Kirkland. I I know shout-outs aren't really, you know, we don't do shout-outs on the radio show. I don't think that that's a bad policy either. But I've got to give one because he saved my life. And he's an incredible friend and an incredible person. And, uh, yeah, so because of him, I've got air now, and, I, and I'm not sweating, and it's awesome. It is the best. So, yeah, yeah, we're back. So, anyway, we'll talk about, as you guys know, whatever you want to talk about. It is the night before Old Miss's training camp, anyway. We'll hear from Lane Kiffin. We'll hear from Pete Golding tomorrow, I think. I, I believe we hear from Pete Golding tomorrow. We'll hear from a bunch of players as well. Uh, the only time we'll get to hear from Pete Golding uh, unless they make the college football playoff because that is uh, the the Kiffin policy. He's got the same one that Nick Saban does at, uh, at Alabama. So whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll talk about for however long um, this lasts. So here we go. Evening T, congratulations. I see you uh, sharing Indiana stuff, by the way. Congrats on the new gig. Hope you're enjoying it up there. I assume it's a little bit uh, more tolerable weather-wise right now than it is here, but that is awesome, and uh, and congrats. Dean says, Roll Tide Roll, baby. Yeah, man. Um, I've done the thing, Dean, that so many of you Alabama fans have made fun of over the years, and rightfully so, by the way. I have talked myself into this being a year where Alabama is mortal. Now, they were mortal a year ago, so it's not completely unreasonable, but I have started questioning whether or not Nick Saban still has it. I've started questioning that. Uh, I've wondered if uh, the fastball doesn't have the bite, you know what I mean, that that it's changed a little bit. I've started to talk myself into Alabama being vulnerable this season, specifically, of course, for the the teams that I get to talk about every day here in Mississippi, uh, I've convinced myself that Alabama is vulnerable, Alabama is beatable, that they will be very human yet again this season, and that they will win, excuse me, that they will lose two or more games. And Dean, I know how stupid I am, so you don't have to tell me. But I've convinced myself that that is the case. Craig says, fire me up. Let's go. Football is here. Yes, it is. I'm telling you guys, I read practice reports. I I love seeing the pictures. I love the press conferences. To me, this is when football is back. It is when they actually start, when the college guys start practicing is when I really feel it. Like, you guys know I'm a Saints fan. I've told you before, I read every single Saints practice report. I do not miss one. I listen to all of uh, Nick Underhill's podcasts, uh, all of it. I, I, I listen to and consume it all. But it still doesn't feel to me like football is back until the college guys practice. That's when it's like, okay, we're here. It's football season. And naturally, I'm trying to take a, a vacation. Uh, when the calendar turns to August, it's, it's fine. It's just a, a couple of days. But yeah, timing not exactly very good on my part. What am I looking for from Ole Miss football? That is a loaded, loaded question. Uh, a handful of things. Uh, one non-actual football-related, and the rest are football-related. So I'll start with the stuff that you actually want to hear. Offensively, I'm looking at red zone offense and short yardage. Talked about with that, or talked about that with you guys before, but. Red zone offense, short yardage was the difference between Ole Miss being good offensively and being really elite uh, offensively last year. They were really not good in short yardage situations, if you go back and look at it. And they were really, really bad in the red zone. So what do they do differently this year to alleviate those two things? Part of it, I think, is it's it's just going to happen naturally, which is the tight end position. They they use tight ends a lot, or Kiffin has used tight ends a lot in, in the past, and they didn't really have one last year, and I think that really hurt them, especially in the red zone, not having a big-bodied, physical target down there. Uh, it hurt them, not having a tight end hurt them. Priest Corn should solve that, and, and if Michael Trigg does take that step forward, that it's all mental with him. It's not physical. If he takes that mental step forward, then uh, they've got something there at tight end and also backs out of the backfield. I mean, I think it was no secret that they worked on that in the spring. Even the spring game where they purposefully didn't show anything, you saw more Judkins catching passes out of the backfield. He said at media days that's a, a, a point of emphasis for his game this season. He said it was pass blocking and and receiving. If he's going to be successful at the next level, um you got to do that you guys I'm sure have seen all the stuff with running backs in the NFL and not getting the contracts that they feel like they deserve and it's been this whole discourse about the value of the running back one way to make yourself very valuable as a running back is to catch the football be a receiver um take advantage of those mashups that you get with linebackers and stuff like that well Quinchon Judkins apparently and and the Ole Miss uh offensive coaching staff have uh, also decided to take it upon themselves to do that this off season on the other side it's it's scheme is what I'm most focused I most focus on i know we've had lot lots of conversations about personnel and portal guys and stuff but uh, how different do they look schematically and how how preparedness what is that like in 23 versus 22 with uh, Pete golding there but the other thing, Gary, that I'm really focused on uh, this season is the month of November. And and I brought this up on the radio show, and, and I guess I don't think he understood what I was talking about when I said November needs to go differently. I wasn't talking about the results on the field necessarily. Now, you know, if you're losing to Louisiana Monroe and you lose the Egg Bowl again, then, you know, that, that that's another conversation. But when a job comes open, because jobs always come open, and anybody links Lane Kiffin to said job, how will that go? How will that be handled? Because Ole Miss can have an identical record um, that they had a year ago, more difficult schedule, would, which would be, I think, a successful year. But if, say, Florida comes open for whatever reason and the, the same crap happens again, Nobody's going to receive that well. I'm very curious to see how another silly season in November goes where Lane Kiffin's name is floated for other jobs. Because there's yet to be an offseason. This is year four. So he's had three off seasons where he was linked to other jobs and the reporting was that he wanted those jobs and didn't get them. But this time ended up turning down Auburn. How does November get handled? That is something that I am deeply curious uh, about because jobs will come open and his name will get mentioned with them because it always does. How does that go? How does that go? Kiffin is killing the portal, you say? Yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't bank on those two guys that, that just committed being eligible, though. I mean, apparently they're confident that they can get a waiver for at least one of them. It's just, man, I don't trust the NCAA. After the Otis Reese thing was a complete slam dunk. I mean, a complete slam dunk. That should have been approved basically right away. And they waited until, what was it, week nine of the season? I mean, that that whole thing was, that's the NCAA for you. So I wouldn't bank on them making the making a decision that's favorable for you in a timely manner just because of how they operate but that's it's one of the sides of the portal that makes it so interesting is those are a couple of guys that um were not welcome with their old team there there's reasons for that what are they I don't know was it a maturity thing uh, does a fresh start get them on track or or, or are they like chris marshall i we'll have to see. But, yeah, quality players for sure. I mean, you you bring those guys in if you can. It's um, interesting timing, which might lead to them not being eligible, but you also have to build for the future too, and they have a lot of eligibility left. And um, you do have to wonder why they left their previous stop and will that spill over. That's kind of part of it. Edwards says, looks like some movement on Noriel White. Yeah, he's going to Ole Miss, barring something unexpected. It's a good pickup. That's a really good pickup. If, if he does what everybody thinks he's going to do. Are we having elections down here, uh, buddy? Are we? Yeah. Oh, I hate election season so much. Although, not. sorry, I'm getting political. It's, it's funny to me. Um, the lieutenant governor's race is, is going on. And so often, their attack ads air back-to-back. And let's just say that when one airs before the other, well, if they air back-to-back, one airs before the other. But there is, there's one of the two that has a lot more effective ammunition in their attack ads than the other. And those two airing back-to-back always crack me up. That is not an endorsement of either candidate. I will not endorse political candidates ever. On a sports thing, so that is not an endorsement. It just makes me laugh that one's attack ads are just better than the other. Only the attack ads, and that's all I'll say about it. I will never endorse a political candidate of any kind on a sports thing that I do ever. It'll never happen ever. Um, I think politics is terrible generally. So that's about the the most ringing endorsement you'll get from me. Is they're all bad and they're all corrupt and I hate them all. But anyway. What is preseason storyline for the year for the Magnolia State schools? Oh, that's a good question. So for Mississippi State, it it is, you know, and and state fans, I think, are kind of getting fed up with it. So actually, I'll give you a different one because the obvious is life after Mike Leach, Zach Garnett taking over from Mike Leach. That is the obvious storyline for Mississippi State. Will Rogers. Uh, I like Will Rogers. He was very confident in Nashville during media days, very confident in in his ability to take on a new offense and stuff, but that's what it is. I mean, he is going from the single most quarterback friendly offensive system in college football, where over one fourth of the passes that he threw were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Think about that. A fourth of the passes that he threw were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Barbe's offense is not going to be that easy. He's going to be asked to do a lot more. Can he change systems, be asked to do more, and execute? People think the answer is yes. Uh, I will think the answer is yes until proven wrong. But can he do that? We're about to find out. Um, Defensively, I think they're going to be fine. They're filled with veterans in the front six. The secondary is a question mark for sure, replacing a bunch of new guys, including, as you guys know, the first-round pick. But the story is, uh, Will Rogers in the new offense, and can he be effective? Hugh Freeze getting back to his old recruiting ways. You say, yeah, well, it's legal now. It's legal now. I would love somebody. um... Oh, man, quotes about tampering from him are are funny. But anyway, uh, we had a, a Southern Miss fan text the show today with an an article and honestly I don't know where the article came from about how Jason Brownlee apparently was contacted by Ole Miss and Mississippi State this poor guy hated my response and I said well they should have what do you want me to say that he was like tampering you guys need to talk about this in the five o'clock hour it's like man if Ole Miss and State didn't contact Brownlee then they they're dumb I don't like that that's what the system currently is. I, I don't like it. I think that's really bad for fans. I think it's bad for the sport, but until anybody does anything about it, they won't. But until they do, um, Jason Brownlee's going to get contact. A Jason Brownlee's going to get contacted by the bigger schools in the state in which he plays. That's, that's just life. But uh, anyway. It's 70 degrees T right now. Oh my gosh, it is 100. It, it was like 99 today, and we've got – this is beautiful, though. So you won't be jealous because you're you're living in Indiana now, but we're getting a like a false fall drop-off. So this weekend it's going to be up into the 100s, and then down I think on Wednesday – yeah, Wednesday, 90. So we're going to get that little false fall drop-off. But, yeah, 101 on Saturday. Awesome. Glad I got the air conditioning fixed, though. Good Lord. Dustin says, we were a ball in the air, talking about Ole Miss, of course, from turning that Bama game around last year with Bryce Young. They are very beatable this year. Yeah, and you're catching them early as well, which is important. But yeah, man, and, and that's that's why – who was it earlier, the Alabama fan? Dean. That's why um, I've kind of talked myself into the, the vulnerability. That Alabama team last year. Now, they were two plays away from being undefeated and making the playoff, but they were a couple plays away from going 8-4 and or even worse than that. They were certainly beatable, and that was with a magician in Bryce Young, an absolute magician in Bryce Young. All, I mean, running backs gone, all that elite talent gone. And, yeah, Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien were hated by Alabama fans, but um, you guys know my thoughts on both of those. Uh, people, Yeah, Bill O'Brien won his division multiple times as an NFL head coach, but, man, he's he doesn't know anything about offense. Give me a break. I, I can't stand stuff like that. Yeah, Pete Golding was on Nick Saban's staff for five years, but, no, he sucks. Then are you telling me that Nick Saban has had really bad judgment for five years? What are you saying when you tell me that, oh, Pete Golding sucks at what he does? Well, then you're telling me Nick Saban doesn't see that. Then Nick Saban can watch his defenses for five years and win national championships and not know that the guy sucks? Yeah, whatever. And Miss me with that. And then you get the same thing. You get the same thing with Bill O'Brien. It's Again, a guy that won a division multiple times as an NFL head coach and general manager doesn't know offense. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Go with that. Go with that. Those are two losses. Now Nick Saban hires well and and so he's been able to replace good coordinators with good coordinators, but still the magician Bryce Young, talent all over from a vulnerable team a year ago, seemingly on the surface, underwhelming coordinator hires. That's, that's not nothing, man. That That is not nothing. And that is why I've been able to kind of Talk myself into that. Yep, AC is working. We're all good. It's going to be tested. God, it's going to be tested on Saturday, and I'm not going to be here either with that 101, but just hope it's okay. Edward says the ACC should hold Florida State, Clemson, Florida State and Clemson hostage if they want to somehow stay alive. They've made a mistake signing that huge extension to stay until the 2030s. I I don't quite understand where the Clemson and Florida State to the Big Ten rumors are coming from. Because apparently, that grant of rights document is pretty ironclad. And to get out of that, it's hundreds of millions of dollars right now. I don't think they're paying that. So they have either found a magic way out of the grant of rights, and if that is the case, then blow up conferences because it's going to become a bloodbath. It's more likely that, that, hell, I could be wrong, Edward. There's a chance that I am. It just, all of the smart people have said that the ACC's grant of rights is really ironclad and, and the price to get out of it is too high. So if those rumors are true, they're either paying it or they found a way out. And if they found a way out, they did it in a way that nobody expected, and conferences, as you know them, are just going to get blown up, blown to pieces. So I'm watching it closely. It just it doesn't feel like that is the case right now. But, yes, I agree with you. If the ACC can hold Clemson and Florida State hostage, they should. They absolutely don't, don't let them out of that. They signed the grant of rights. You got another 13 years or whatever under it sorry or you can pay me the full amount right now one or the other red zone success you say revolves around the big body tight ends they have to stay healthy and you know it it felt like at times they weren't creative enough in in play calling either they they tried to so often hurry up and hustle to the line and, and seemingly got pretty predictable there as well the season for Ole Miss is the stretch from Alabama to Auburn. Let's see what that looks like here. Because I still – I probably could tell you the schedule in order, but I still like having the visual, even though, again, I probably could. So you say the the season for Ole Miss is this stretch. At Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, at Auburn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I buy that. Tell me what they go in that stretch, and I tell you what their record is. I buy that. You guess eight and four while not losing to any of the teams similar or below you in the pecking order would keep Ole Miss fans at least content. Yeah, man, eight and four. If one of those eight, and I know that you know one game shouldn't carry weight, and they all should count the same and stuff. But if, if one of those eight is the Egg Bowl as well. I think fans would be satisfied with an 8-4 and four season considering the the schedule difficulty and, and stuff like that. Teac says, I want to see what happens with short yardage offense. If we can make 4th and 1, then if we can't make 4th and 1, then we are screwed. They, they struggled with that last year. Struggled with that badly. Joseph says he's going to have to do a much better job of squashing the rumors talking about Lane Kiffin so that he can keep his team focused. And I did find it interesting because coaches don't often – admit mistakes at least in a serious way like this but kiffin straight up said on the podium that he did not do a good job last year in november of of keeping his team focused now he didn't mention anything about auburn which which he shouldn't rehashing that on your own on that stage would have been a, a bad decision i would i would have advised him not to do that so i'm not make i'm not saying he should have mentioned auburn but that was a big part of the distraction uh, of, of last season. He didn't mention that, and I get why not. But, yeah, um, he admitted that he did a poor job uh, of keeping the team together in November of last year. It wasn't just the schedule getting tougher. It was they, they did a poor job of, keeping, of building chemistry on the front end and keeping a team, a team together when things got weird there in November. He's got to do a better job uh, this time around for sure. Twenty twenty four is a huge year. Yeah, it is. Uh that's first year of the playoff. It's the it's the first year where you feel like you really have access to the playoff. Yeah, that's that's big time. That's big time. You say Kiffin needs a big signature win. LSU is a golden opportunity for that. LSU or Alabama. God, if if he can win one of those games. That one postgame speech from Matt Luke, you remember, everyone remembers November. They have to play better on the back half of the schedule. Last year, it looked like they called it after the second loss. A lot of things happened after that Alabama loss that should not have happened. Let's put it that way. Jason, I'm just glad you finally got notification for this, man. I'm glad you got one. You're going to have the biggest I told you so moment, by the way, if Arizona beats Mississippi State. There are so many people that you have warned about that game, your fellow state fans, and and nobody's listening to you. And if that game becomes a loss, you're going to have to try to hold it in for as long as possible because the, the I told you so that you will have on them is crazy. You can't say games like the Egg Bowl are the biggest part of the season because for Ole Miss, their path will likely already be dictated. It's an interesting point. Yeah, but go 7-5 and five with an Egg Bowl loss. and It, it would feel... Bad. That 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 would feel like a not a wasted season, but considering all the drama and, and the money that you've invested, just just to roll out a seven and five with another loss to Mississippi State would that would make things uncomfortable. Not in terms of him getting fired. Ole Miss couldn't afford to fire him, but it would just make things uncomfortable. Thoughts on the K. D. Hill accident? Yeah, uh, you know what they say, right? That that God doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. And I Katie Hill is one of those people that you wish your entire football program was filled with. Um good football player, obviously, quality football player. But hold on. June. Are you guys okay? What was that? Come here. Sorry, my th- are you okay? What, what was that, honey? Come here. What was that? This is June. She was making weird noises like like she was choking almost. Say hi, June. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Okay. You okay? You okay, honey? Yeah? Okay. Let's get down. Anyway, um, yeah, Katie Hill, obviously good football player and, and a hard worker. And, and you guys saw the, the Chucky e. Mullins video uh, last year when he found out that he was given that award um off the field like on his own time the, the amount of stuff that he was involved in is it, hard to believe considering the demand of a college football player um just a remarkable remarkable person and even though football is not in his future anymore you can you can guarantee that whatever he, he chooses to do in life he will be successful and that you guarantee it it will happen he will be a success in whatever it is and in his attitude post accident um as a, a nice look into that um just an outstanding person and 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 he he will be fine uh, in life he, he will be wildly successful in whatever he chooses to do it's it's a shame that it can't be football anymore but he he'll, he'll be just fine he he's one of the good ones man really is. How about the big man, Hudson Wolf? Any potentially fun injury return stories from guys like him and uh, Knox? Yeah, they they need – so I believe it was, what, 500 yards that he caught at Missouri, Jalen Knox at – that's a guy that when he transferred to Ole Miss, I really expected him to do a lot more than he's done so far, and and he's capable. But that's what they need at the wide receiver position uh, at Ole Miss right now. Is I mean, if you look at the room, the 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 pedigree of the wide receiver room is good, but there, there's nobody proven in there. It's transfers or it's guys that they've recruited that haven't done much yet, or or a freshman, for example, but. I mean, they've got a handful of four-stars. They've got uh, Watkins returning, who I really like. You've got a, a pair of transfers coming in that are 1,000-yard receiving guys uh, at the, the CUSA level a year ago. You've got the Missouri transfer in Knox. You, you've got – I mean, they, they shouldn't be as bad as people think some people are worried they're going to be. They should be better than that. Um, on paper, anyway, and, and if they're not, you've got to wonder about evaluations um, and, and what those are like because on paper, this this wide receiver room is not as bad as people think that it can be. And for State, you think South Carolina and the stretch of at Arkansas, at Auburn, and Kentucky will dictate their season? That's, that, that's a good four. Tell me what their record is in those four games, and I'll tell you what their record is this season. Yeah, three of those four on the road. State's road schedule is interesting. It's four toss-up games, which can be good and bad. You can positively spin that or or negatively spin that. You can positively spin that and say, well, you know, you get LSU and Alabama at home, and there's your free shot to get those teams on your home field. But on the flip side, South Carolina is a toss-up game. They've been really poor against Alabama lately. You don't count that as a win anyway. You would much rather play South Carolina at home versus at williams Bryce. You would much rather play Arkansas at home versus on the road. You'd much rather play Auburn and on and on. So their four games, their four road games, are all toss-up games. Interesting schedule they got. Rodgers will be able to do that if State can run the ball enough to move the defense out of the ADB safe crap. They should be able to. I mean, the offense is going to kind of force teams out of that anyway. And if the offensive line can quickly and successfully transition out of the wide splits. That's a good point. Pete's defense this year is going to open some eyes. Yeah, I I like Pete Golding a lot more than um, Alabama fans do. I think they're spoiled rotten to the point where they're blind to. Anyway, it's just. Today's college football doesn't allow for dominant defenses week in and week out anymore. I mean, even Georgia, like Missouri kind of moved the ball against Georgia. Like even Georgia didn't do it every single week, and that was the most talented defense possibly of all time. So the game itself doesn't lend to dominating defensive performances, but for each of the last five years, they had a top 10 defense. Tell me me that's bad, please. For a guy like Kiffin that learns so much from Saban, why does he let problematic players in? Because he can't uh, – Ole Miss is not Alabama. And, and I'm not totally convinced that he he's like modeling what he does after Nick Saban anyway. I think he, he has taken things that he's liked about what Saban does and then – Kiffin and Saban aren't similar. He, he doesn't act like Saban, but anyway, either way. Because Ole Miss is not Alabama. And, and to win at Ole Miss, you have to take risks on talented guys that may be trouble. Alabama, you, you don't have to do that as much because you bring in a top three class every single year. You can't bring in top three classes every year at Ole Miss. It, it's just the financial resources aren't there to compete with the programs that can pay for those recruiting classes. Sorry, Jimbo, but it's true. You, you bought recruiting classes. It's legal now. It's always been how recruiting has worked, anyway. But yeah, Ole Miss can't pay with Texas A and M; they they can't to, to fill recruiting classes. So they've got to get, um, they've got to take chances on on troubled guys sometimes. That's what you got to do. You're going to be honest. You're not impressed by Will Rogers you bought into him in 2021 and since that egg bowl he's been pretty poor against decent to good defenses need to see him need to see him turn it around the end of last year was particularly bad if we're being honest for for will rogers maybe the new offense will give him a fresh start i think he's better than he showed at the end of last year but that is something to keep in mind He says, believe the rumors about Florida State and Clemson to, to the Big Ten. Wow. So that means then they found a way out of the grain of rights, which if that is the case, if they found a way out of the grain of rights, um, <laughs> college football's changing majorly if they, if they found a way out. Majorly. It's going to be chaos with conference realignment wow i didn't know this The lieutenant governor in tennessee is not elected by voters but is instead appointed by the tennessee general assembly seems weird to elect a lieutenant governor Hmm. i didn't know that frankly i wouldn't be following the race at all if they didn't force us to It'll be 104 degrees on Friday where you're at. I just pulled the weather up again, by the way, after you said that. And apparently, in the last 20 minutes, Saturday's weather has changed by 2 degrees. And so now it's 99 instead of 101. Woohoo. Big difference there. Did I see the George Pickens catch today? Yeah, I did. He's a beast, William. He is an absolute beast. Um, expectation for Ole Miss. I think, you know, the the volatility of the game of football leads to this, if you're doing this right, being like a multi-layered answer. I think a 10-win season would be honestly unexpected. And if that's the case, you should be through the roof. Uh, same thing with nine. Truthfully, I think nine wins would be like an A coaching job for for Elaine Kiffin, and that would be a big year. That's not something that that should be expected. I think with the schedule paired with the investment, eight wins or more would be satisfactory to being like awesome, and anything less than that, seven wins would be a, a serious letdown to the point where. He'd, you, you wonder if the investment, if the juice is worth the squeeze and anything below seven would be disaster territory. Good to see you too, Corey. Been a while since you caught a live stream. What do I think the worst record AM m could have and Jimbo keep his job? Nine wins, I think, would be the worst that he could do. Uh, and eight and four, and I think he's gone. It's still a lot of money. It is still a lot of money. Jason you're going to cry like a baby if state loses to Arizona won't be in the mood for. I told you so. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with that. At the um at the old uh, I don't know what you do honestly for a living, but uh the Arizona fans locally are going to give you crap if you lose that game. I don't think I don't think state will, but That wasn't a golden retriever. She's still right here. She's a uh she's got three legs here. Come here, Jim. Come here, honey. Come here, honey. Come on, honey. Come here, sweetie. See? See? She's got three legs. This a, is a lab. She's a, a British lab. She is tiny, honestly. Um, her breed, the British labs are, are shorter and stockier anyway. But she's not even 50 pounds. She's full grown. I mean, she's five years old. But, yeah, she's got three legs. You saw the little nub. Her, her leg was born backwards. Literally backwards. And she couldn't use it. And so she's with me now. And she's the best. She's very stupid. Sorry. Sorry. You are so sweet. She's sweet as can be. She's not very smart. It would be awesome for Ole Miss to find a place for Hill working with the athletic department. If I were Keith Carter, I would be trying my hardest to find something for him to do when he recovers. Yeah. Do I think Lane and company will kind of slow down their pace to get used to the new clock rule? I do not. I think that the new clock rule, uh, m- because of teams like Ole Miss and offensive philosophies like Ole Miss, um, you're probably not really going to notice it much because of how fast they go. That when they get a first down, they get to the ball so fast that the five seconds that they stop the clock for moving the chains, when you you'll barely notice it. What do they say? Seven to ten plays is all that they think that they're going to reduce. Something like that, like one possession or two short possessions, is all they're, that they're taking away. While not reducing the commercial inventory. What's my thoughts on Bobby Petrino's offense ranking 65th in the FCS last year? Not much. I've just I've seen him do it at so many levels, and remember he took that. Uh, took his team to Fayetteville and moved the football up and down the field until talent and depth took over I've seen him do it too often in too many places to think that like he's lost his edge the question is whether or not Jimbo lets him do it and I don't think he will It drives you nuts that state people hang their hats on last year's stats, experience, et cetera, as if nothing is different. Yeah, Jason, I've tried to push back on that a little bit on the radio show, just to, hey, you know, yes, it's true, but it's, it's all new for them, and, you know, people don't want to hear that. Now that the Manning Center is done, what do I think needs some love next? NIL aside is – the stadium upgrade shade concessions. Yeah, I mean NIL has has kind of not kind of. It's taken a precedent to the point where doing like a full stadium project um right now is is kind of a kind of a dumb idea. Apparently they're still going to push through with some renovations to Vault Hemingway, but they need to tear the whole thing down. It's what they need to do. They can't, but that's what they need to do. Um, I, I would focus on comfort and shade and concourses if I were them. Tearing down one whole side and building that side back up and then uh, eventually hoping to do it on the other side. that That's quite the endeavor. I, I would focus on, if I were them, comfort and shade and, and amenities as opposed to tearing down sides and stuff. The stadium's a dump. Uh, I mean, previous athletic directors have just, done garbage projects on it and Ross Bjork especially really ruined the south end zone and the north end zone looks lazy and cheap um I don't like what he did to that stadium at all um but yeah I mean that'll be next they're doing baseball as well NIL has though. I mean, you're, you're dipping in the same pool. You're asking people to pay the players, and then you're asking those same people to give money to build stadiums, and you're asking for more and more money from the same pool of people. And so that's delaying some of these these stadium projects. They're just not as important anymore. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to go down that road with the because uh, I, I don't know if it's true or not. With the, with the Clemson transfer to Ole Miss. I have no idea if it's true or not, and, and I, I can't. I'm just not willing to engage in, in that if it's not true. It just That would be doing a, a real disservice to the player. But in four to eight years, you think they'll move the start of the college football season to the middle of September because of the heat? Interesting. What they need to do is add a second bye week, but nobody asks me, I guess. State-Arizona feels like a really weird one, you say, where Arizona hangs around. Happened last year. State jumps out to a sizable lead, then they hold on to win. I'm going to say 31-24 right now. Arizona is a team on the rise. They are, and they've got a good quarterback returning as well. Threw for like only 200 yards fewer than Will Rogers last year. And he didn't run the air right, at least not that one. Get myself an Australian Shepherd, free babysitting, in my experience with my son's dog. (laughs) You heard the total for Ole Miss Tulane is 76 and a half. That kind of sounds outrageous to me. It's because it is. There are people that are worried about that game, and they shouldn't be. Uh, Look, I'll freely admit when I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, but I just don't foresee That game being close. I know that Tulane is Michael Pratt, and I know what happened last year, but they lose so much from that team. And don't forget, that's a field that Southern Miss won on last year. I mean, it's not like Tulane was this unstoppable force. It's – anyway. How many years left on Jimbo's contract? Is it – will it be seven, right? You want June to have an ongoing appearance? She'd be more willing than Maverick. All I have to do is say her name, and she's up in my face. Maverick's just kind of like, what, Dad? You think Bobby is the next head coach at Texas A&M? I think it's Jeff Traylor. You don't want to rag on Heydad, but you think he's just overlooking games like Auburn, Arkansas, and Ole Miss thinking MSU will roll. Rolling against... Arkansas and Auburn is a thing that almost never happens for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You're going to smash some unders in the over-under in college football this year, at least the first month and maybe month and a half. State could be underdogs in two, maybe all three of those games. It's possible it's all three. At the moment, the peak of Aught-Hemingway was 2013 to 2015. Yeah, peaked in 2014. It still was a bad venue in 2014, but that was before Ross Bjork ruined it. I mean, it was already bad, but God, what he did. I mean, it's so bad. So, so, so bad. You think the two lane game will be a boring 38-20 type of game? Something like that. Half the reason you want A&M to go down in flames is because you want Bjork to go down with it, human equivalent of a participation trophy. Uh, Falling upwards like nobody else, man, just just falls up. I I don't understand that myself. I I really don't understand what Texas A&M was thinking there, that the stadium – I mean, the pavilion looks good, so so there's that. But the football stadium project was uh, projects were awful, awful in hindsight, awful in foresight, too. And, of course, the Hugh Freeze and stuff, NCAA investigation, just also awful. But great stream tonight. Yeah, I got to hang it up here. I got to hang it up. I got a few things uh, to do tonight, but uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like the video, all that stuff. Again, no Thursday. No Thursday because uh, I'm supposed to be – not here, but we'll be back on Sunday. We'll be back on Sunday. Uh, Brett, most impactful freshman. Um, Aiden Williams, I think, will be more impactful than Suntarian and Perkins. Uh, only because I like, actually, what Ole Miss has starting at linebacker more than a, than what they have starting at wide receiver. So, anyway, thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Sunday, 745 lot of football to talk about, at least practice anyway, uh, between now and then. So we'll see you guys then. A Super Talk Mississippi ah. media production.